This is the Let's Go Win Podcast with your host, J.M. Ryerson. What is happening, you guys? Welcome back to the Let's Go Win Podcast. We are here for a Tuesday tune-up where we help you be happy, healthy, wealthy. That's certainly our aim. That's our intention. And we talk a lot about leadership, performance, and mindset. And the gentleman I'm going to have on today, he's jet-setting around the world. He's living all over the place. He's living his best life. So I think we can learn a lot. Michael Darko is the founder and CEO of Farringdon Jets, the most the world's most security-focused jet charter company. After becoming familiar with the high needs of high and ultra high net worth individuals through his international career of property and offshore wealth management, Michael decided to merge his experience and network with his lifelong passion for aviation to launch Farringdon Jets. A luxury charter jet service fills the need in the market by prioritizing safety and securities for its client, not just in the air, but on the ground too. Michael, I, I guess I'll start there. Safety being such a key initiative to what you're doing. How did you fall on that? Where were you like, you know what? This is where we're really going to differentiate ourselves from everyone else in this very, I'm guessing there's, there's, there's some competition here and it's, it's an amazing uh, niche that you chose. Yes, definitely. I think there's a, a few reasons why we let what led to security. So I was actually living in Colombia at the time of inception of Farron Jets and dealing with high net worth individuals and ultra high net worth individuals, even though it was in a different space, security was always top of their mind. Every conversation we had, whether it was um, how can we trust you, how can we trust these institutions, where were we meeting, etc. Everything was based around security. Um, so it always it always just made sense to to have a security led focus. Um, in regards to private charter, as well as that around the inception of the, the company, one of my good friends in Mexico or in Colombia at the time, apologies, um, runs one of the largest uh, private security firms here in Latin America. And they had a massive need of people requesting private jet charters, um, but because they were so focused on their specific niche of providing the security in the ground, um, they never ventured into it themselves. But I knew that there was a need there. So I'm curious how you ch- you landed on aviation because it's uh well maybe I'll start with that. Do you have your own pilot's license and how did you land on aviation because it's not it, it's not the world that I would like I I don't know. I I would never think of it but what a cool cool world to play in, live in, work in, provide service like I said, you, you, you've lived in the UK and, uh, you know, Colombia and Mexico. Um, that kind of lends itself to that, I suppose. But how'd you land on aviation, brother? Uh, aviation has been a very long time that aviation has been on my mind. So ever since as, as long as I could remember, I've always had this passion for aviation. I'm always going to uh, aviation museums, model airplanes, etc. as a child. So typical nerd in that sense. I had my first pilot's lesson from the RAF because I was part of the Royal Air Force Cadets in the UK. Um, and this, that either happened, at, I believe it was at 14 years old or it may have been 15. So either way, a very young age. Um, so I was always really interested in it. Um, all of the subjects I chose through my education, it was based on becoming a pilot. Um, when I 
left college, I was looking to earn enough money to go and get my aviation, my pilot's license to become an airline pilot. Um, at the time, it was a bit costly, so I had to go out there and get a job and really start saving towards it. Um, and that's when I ended up in Dubai. Um, and just along the way, just being exposed to a lot of people within the industry um, and other opportunities in the world, I realized that actually my passion for aviation doesn't necessarily uh, need to lead me to become an airline pilot, but perhaps to get involved in some other type of way. So I always knew I wanted to complete my private pilot's license and fly around on my weekends for fun. Um, and then private jet charter finally came down about um, eight years down the line when I sat down and really kind of put together the passion and the network, et cetera, as you mentioned in the intro. Well, I, part of what I love what you're saying there is, look, it was expensive for me to get it. And yet when I think of private charters, I mean, that's high net worth. Like you're, that's the, and so you're living and playing in a world where you didn't necessarily come from that as, as maybe your background. However, now you're leading this charge. You have, you have a fleet of jets that you're helping people navigate the world in a safe, secure manner in on in a luxurious way that's a cool rise man i, I like it what what uh tell me that the the quick and short version of how you went from wealth management into jets that's that's kind of a jump there so it's it's cool but I, i'm curious yes um thank you I, I enjoy every day i speak to a client it's really exposing me to a different world as i mentioned as you mentioned correctly i'm not from that background of um, super high-end luxury, high net worth individuals, etc. So it kind of came naturally. So when I was looking to, to fund my studies to get my airline pilot certificate, um, I was really thinking, okay, so what can I do? I'm, I'm still pretty young. I don't have too much real world experience, but I did have a weekend and holiday sales jobs. It started off selling double glazing. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but in the UK, we used to sell double glazing back then. I um, mean, it was just basically for extra insulation sound and weather insulation for homes so you'd walk up and down the street um, and you'd see the homes that had single glazed windows and you'll knock on the door and you'd have your sales pitch and pitch the actual um, engineers to come in and sell the double glazing so that was pretty much the the most of my my work experience that plus a bit of retail experience for the for the holidays for the busy periods so i went out and thought okay what's the biggest thing you can sell and at the time um i thought of property so that's how I ended up selling property. And of course, back then in the UK, it was the typical family homes, uh, young couples, etc. So nothing too extravagant. And then when I uh, went to Dubai to work in property, it was a completely different ball game. Um, some of the properties were sight unseen. It was just really investment focus. And um, what's the ROI, capital appreciation, um, in the area that I was working in through most of the buy, it's usually a cookie cutter style properties where you just needed to know the view, the floor, the price, and then the, the, the investor would either buy or not buy. Um, so it was a very investment led market. So that led me to dealing with slightly higher net worth clients. Then from there, I got headhunted into offshore wealth management, which again was a slightly different realm in regards to the type of funds that we're dealing with and the type of clientele. And then that eventually led me to private jet charter. So I slowly had the work up from no experience or exposure at all um, to the high net worth individual to um, almost 10 years of that before jumping into Farron and Jets. 
Yeah, I love it. And as the CEO, you know, one of my favorite subjects is leadership and yeah. I'm passionate about it. And I love asking executives a couple of, you know, what is your leadership philosophy, Michael? I know that's a big question, so I can narrow it down if need be. But if you have an overall philosophy and then has that been kind of guided through mentors, have you had, I'm guessing with the various experiences, you've had some great leaders and Unfortunately, probably some not to follow as well, or at least has been my experience. So, yes, definitely. I've had some amazing examples of how to lead and some amazing examples of how not to lead. So definitely picking the best from, from both worlds. Um, but along the way, definitely, I, I don't think I would have made it to the point I'm at now if it wasn't for, for mentorship. Um, one of the, the mentors that I need to give the most credit to, um, is a gentleman called William Railsback. And he was my mentor in Bogota in Colombia. He at one point was my manager. Um, and since then, he's always just been great and given advice and help along the way. Um, especially at the time when I moved to a new country in a other, on the other side of the world where, um, I didn't speak the native language and I wasn't familiar with the culture. He really did help me find my feet. Um, so I've learned a lot from him. But overall, my philosophy with uh, leadership is essentially don't ask anyone to do what you're not willing to do. Really put yourself in their shoes, understand um, what you're asking for them and lead by example. If I'm asking people to work hard, which I think every leader wants their team to work hard, show that you can work hard too, work harder than the rest of them. Um, show um, Also really... Um, work with them to develop them. I think it's one thing demanding something from your team and another thing to really helping them achieve that goal and making sure that your goals as a CEO, whether that's on a personal level or as a, as a company, it really aligns with what that individual, what that team member's personal goals are as well. So if it's, for example, um, buying a new home or um, having enough to uh, to to really help uh, with a new family that they're starting or if it's a, a career goal and they want to reach a certain level, really invest in their development or invest in their goals. I love that. And like you said, your overall philosophy, don't ask anybody to do something you're not willing to with your yep. background of really starting and just working and working and working your way up. I'm curious on your mindset, brother, because to go from, again, I didn't know what double glazing is until you started. And I'm like, okay, I kind of make sense. Yeah. And then to continue to progress into another step to another step. And it, it's really a remarkable, you know, rise, but again, it's, it's not overnight, right? It sounds like it, there's a lot of hard work. So I'm really curious as terms of your mindset, if, if you, you know, what did you do to really have that entrepreneurial mindset um, was there something specific from development books? You know, what was it that allowed you to continue to progress all the way up to where you are now? And who knows, man, maybe there's the next level uh, with Farringdon Jets. You know, it's just going to continue to grow. So I'm just curious, mindset wise, what you've really focused on and, and how that's allowed you to continue to grow so much. Yes, you mentioned development there. Self-development is key. I've learned that from my mentors that have all been in positions that I've wanted to be in. I think a good thing about uh, mentorship as well is just seeing others' examples. So I have had mentors who came from a similar background than me and have made it a lot further in life. So it really kind of took that cap off where 
what levels I could achieve um, and really seeing how they did it. So really studying new fields, always becoming an expert in, the, in your field, always willing to, the, to learn and develop, never thinking that you are the best or that you know it all, but keep studying, keep progressing and keep um, elevating your circles as well to people that can teach you things and you could teach them things. So I really think that helps me um, reach the point I'm at now and hopefully to continue help me reaching new levels as well. Being that you've been around the world, again, I, I'm my count has you at at least three different continents. So, I mean, you said the UK, Dubai, Colombia, and now Mexico. Yeah. Have you seen a, a common language in terms of properly uh, treating employees for performance? Uh, because I know culturally it can be so different, right? The way we interact in the States can be so different than how it is in Latin countries as it can be in Asia. So I'm just curious in your time, because you have that unique background, do you have to just be able to adapt and change? Are there really some cornerstone like principles that apply, whether you're in Dubai or, or in Medellin or, or in, or in Mexico city? Yeah. So um, the cornership principle is really just, adjusting to whoever you're speaking to. So I think this really came into play most for me in Dubai because it's a massive melting pot of people from all over the world and you're dealing with various different nationalities throughout the same day, uh, maybe about the same business matter, but every one of them communicates very differently. So for example, um, the amount of rapport you have at the beginning of a meeting um, is very different. Um, the, the way people like figures, how uh, much people like to build a personal relationship or how much people like to focus on, on building, uh, uh, just going straight to the point, straight to business, straight to the facts. I think it really varies. And yes, you can have generalizations within different cultures, different groups of people, just due to them all having a very similar way of doing business from their home country. But then really, just like it is in, in, in the States, Canada, the UK, etc., every single person is different. So you really do have to learn how that person likes to communicate. What don't people know about the luxury chart charter jet service industry where you're like i wish everybody knew this what's the secret that some of us that don't fly it often right we're we're used to doing commercial perhaps regardless of status there it's like when you get to there maybe there's something that we're all missing that you're like i wish everybody knew this one thing this is what farrington jets if you were to ever to check it out this is what you're going to experience and this is why it's so cool oh okay so um, there's a number of things. I would say definitely uh, for people like yourself, time saving. So it may be obvious to some, um, less obvious to others, but the ability to just arrive to the airport 15 minutes before your flight, even if it's an international flight, and be able to take off and land in the airport, which is so much closer to your destination, because what a lot of people don't realize is that commercial airports or airports that service commercial flights are just a fraction of the total amount of airports and airfields available to you when you fly, fly privately so you can land a lot closer to your end destination whether that's for business whether that's for leisure um, and then again take off from there so in some cases some of our clients each trip could be saving about nine hours on each side yeah, yeah. it's very that's valuable no it's remarkable nine hours you start calculating your your hourly rate or think of you know 
let's say it's a couple grand an, an hour that you you're worth. We're yeah. talking eighteen thousand dollars per trip. So instead of looking at like, okay, this trip cost me a thousand dollars, two thousand dollars, and then you look at how much money you saved, that's pretty remarkable. Exactly. Um, I'm just curious, open form, because again, I could go so many different ways with your background. What do you want to make sure to share with the audience today, whether it's entrepreneurial, business, you know, just your life experience that you think, you know what, Jam, everybody should know this on your show that's listening because you have such a unique background. You've experienced so many cool things. What do you want to make sure to share before we start to wrap up? Yeah, so in regards to what to share, I think it ties into to what you mentioned at the beginning of the of the podcast, which is coming from a background where I wasn't exposed to luxury, affluent living or anything like that, but now working in that field. And as, apart from that, just the different levels reached throughout my career, um, I would definitely like to highlight to everyone listening, um, especially the younger viewers, the people that are maybe at the beginning of their entrepreneurship journey to just keep dreaming forget the naysayers if you have a vision there's definitely a way to to achieve it you may have to go back to studying you may need to um, learn some other way if it's in regards to uh, an apprenticeship if it's in regards to uh, taking a pay cut to enter a different type of job in order to gain that experience to gain the connections and then finally reaching the the goal that you have in mind never say no Love that. Never say no. Just keep dreaming. I got to give you one last phrase that has served me well, and I'm just curious your thoughts on it. I've always said, if you take that blue collar work ethic to the white collar world, it's magic. And I don't know if that makes sense, if that's more of a United States thought or if that made sense from the UK, but I've always seen if you take that grind, rise, get in there, work harder than everyone else in this white collar world, it is literally, I mean, it's worth a ton of money. What, what Any thoughts on that, Michael? I 100% agree. Um, I was listening to a podcast from Barbara Cochran, actually, and she mentioned something very similar. Um, if you do take that, that, that work ethic and you really are around those who may be um, there due to, uh, I guess, background connections, et cetera, but then you work harder, you, anything's achievable. I guess it ties into the phrase of, is that hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. It's slightly similar to that. And I absolutely love that phrase. You just, you just gave me, <laughs> I'm going to steal it. <laughs> Use it all you want, man. And one thing I'm, I want to definitely steal from you is your humility, brother. I got to say, you're just a kind of a cool laid back guy that just, you know, you're just fascinating. Uh, brother, if people wanted to reach out to you, find Farringdon and what you all are up to. Where's the best place to connect with you online or to really look at what you're doing to learn from all your amazing experience? Is there a best place to to reach you? Yes, definitely. So for Farringdon Jets, if you are looking for uh, charter quotes, just visit our website, which is Farringdon Jets. So that's F-A-R-R-I-N-G-D-O-N. Jets with an S dot com. Um, and we're also on social media um, with just Farron and Jets on all handles. If you're looking to reach me personally, um, you could reach out to me in LinkedIn, Michael Darko. Um, so that's Darko, D-A-R-K-O, like Donnie Darko, easy to remember. Um, and then I'm found on social media um, on with the handle Mike underscore is underscore where. 
And that ties into me being in a lot of different places, as you mentioned earlier. <laughs> Truly a renaissance man, brother. I got to say, you you know, when you meet someone that goes all over, has lived these different places, you just have such a cool experience. And thank you for sharing it with us, man. Congrats on your success and continued success. And just thanks for being here, man. You're awesome. Thank you, JM. It's been a pleasure to be here. And your podcast is definitely inspiring. I love listening to the episodes. So it's a, truly an honor to be able to feature on one. Thank you. Thank you so much. You guys, I mean, look, let go save nine hours. He just said it. Just take your hourly rate, multiply it by nine, see what that is. Then you look at the cost of the ticket versus your normal. I'm telling you, it's going to work out way better. And if you talk to people that have done this, they will agree with you. Your time is more valuable than anything that you have. Remember, your mindset matters. Share this with people. Let them hear about Michael, Farringdon Jets, everything that they're doing, because this might be a great tool for somebody else to use and discover something new. So until next time, remember your mindset matters. I appreciate you all. Thank you so much for listening. If this content is delivering value to you, please make sure to subscribe, rate, and review us. That helps us build this community, and that is what we are all about. Building this community as big as we can, helping as many people as we can, and deliver as much value as possible. Be sure to head over to letsgowinpodcast.com for information on my coaching courses, and make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Let's Go Win 365. Let's go win and transcend in life. This is the Let's Go Win Podcast with your host, J.M. Ryerson. 